Hey everybody, what's going on? My name is Nathan. Welcome back to another episode of Live for Sports. On today's episode, I'm going to start off with my MLB Power Rankings, and then I'm going to follow it up with three winners and three looters from the NHL offseason, so uh, let's get into it. Simmons, is this the dagger? left to go just under now I think as this being a Tuesday I think it ends on not this Sunday but next Sunday I think um so yeah basically two weeks gonna go over my MLB power rankings probably the first time and last time I'll do it I'll make do a power ranking going into the postseason as well um it's just who's been climbing the who's been doing well who's the worst team my take on it I guess so um coming at number 30 I have the Baltimore Orioles. I think everybody should probably have Baltimore down there. They are the worst team in the MLB record-wise. It's just so hard to even follow them, and it's really tough for me because I try and cheer for them on some nights. So they might help the Blue Jays out when they are they because they've played the Red Sox and the Yankees recently, and yet they just find ways to lose games, new ways. Like they were playing the Jays, and they were what was it one nothing with a no hitter. And the Jays scored 11 runs on one out. Like, <laughs> it's just bad. That team needs some help. Um, 29th, I have the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're barely ahead of the Orioles in the standings. That's why they're barely coming out ahead, like uh, out ahead of them in 29th. Um, they seem well on their way to 110 plus loss season again, or not again. Sorry. Um, NL West is pretty loaded. It's kind of it's it it's been an extremely painful year for their fans, I would say. Twenty um, eighth, I have the Pittsburgh Pirates. This team just reminds me so much of a minor league team. Anytime I see them on highlight shows, it's they're always doing something really stupid. Um, it's just misplays all the all the time. They perform well go, though recently. They went six and four in their last ten games. Um, still, they're not going to come close to playoffs at all um they're just gonna look to play spoiler for the rest of the season so that's why i think the six and four in the 10 games puts them at 28th for me overhead of the orioles and the diamondbacks um 27th i have the texas rangers been a rough year for texas fans i will admit um rangers sit dead last in the al west um there's not really a lot to play. They, they have a chance to play spoiler as they're playing the yankees they started last night they're playing them uh again t- today and tomorrow um so they have a chance to play spoiler against them it would really help my blue jays if they could <laughs> um 26 i have the nationals it was just oh mighty how like how have they fallen like how have the mighty fallen like just two years ago they had won a world series two years ago that's not that long ago and now they just fallen off a cliff they've they've treated nearly all their big name players who they traded scherzer and trey turner to to the dodgers I don't know. It's it's. I would hate being a Nationals fan. It's kind of they're almost kind of like the Raptors. Raptors didn't make the playoffs two years after they won their championship. I don't know. It's, it was a tough year last year. Um, at least they still have Juan Soto though, because he's just been elite since the All Star break, like he should be. Uh, twenty five at twenty fifth, I have the Marlins. Um, it was a very promising season for them last year. 
led to a postseason appearance. Um, and like it, they've just gone back to being the Marlins, I guess. Um, the the only thing this team really has to look forward to for the last part of the season is a it's a series against the Nationals, and that's basically going to decide who comes last in the division. I don't know. There's not much to cheer for down in Miami. Uh, 24th, I have the Cubs. Um, this might be the most painful year for any like any team. This Their fans, I think the Cubs have suffered through the most this year. Um, they got off to a disappointing start to the season, and the Cubs decided, you know what, we're just going to scrap it all down. We're going to rebuild. They traded nearly all of their key players from the 2016 World Series team in Bryant, in Rizzo, in Baez, in Kimbrell. They just... Sh- they got rid of everybody. Um, it's been a dreadful year. I really do feel bad for the Cubs fans. Uh, 23rd, I have the Twins. Um, despite having, like, an awful year, they were... I I think everyone kind of thought they would compete for a playoff spot, and they just really haven't. Um, and it's really weird. Like, but despite that, somehow the long ball for them just hasn't disappeared. They ranked second in the AL in homers, and they traded Nelson Cruz to the race which is really weird that they would still be second in the AL without Nelson Cruz. I don't know. Um, they're 3-7 and seven in their last 10, though. It doesn't really help out. Uh, 22, I have the Royals. It's been another bad year for the Royals. I think everyone's kind of expected it. I don't know when they'll get good again. Um, but, like, holy crap, Salvador Perez. Who would have thought? Uh, on my notes, I have 45, but he just hit 46. Um, it, it, he now holds the record all time for home runs in the season by a catcher, I think. Um, and he's playing in a pitcher's ballpark too, like Kauffman Stadium. It it just it's great for pitchers, which is crazy. Um, it's kind of funny because everyone just said he was a good defensive catcher, couldn't really hit, but he really stepped up his game this year. Um, twenty first, I have the Mets. Oh, it's just. Another season where they just get hyped up, and then they just majorly disappoint. Even like they even made a big move. They got Javi Baez at the deadline, um, and yet they've still fallen out of the playoff race. Um, it's another lost season. They're they're just always going to be in the shadows of the Yankees to me. They're really like the equivalent of the Clippers. They always like hyped up. Oh yeah, we're gonna like we're gonna be better than the other LA team this year, right? We're winning a championship. And then they just disappoint. They like an not really early round exit for the like Clippers usually just get an early round exit. Um, where on the other hand here, the Mets they can't even make the playoffs. I don't know. That's that's just my comparison. Um, at twentieth, I have the Angels, and look another lost cause season for the Angels. <laughs> um, and it's another team that's just going to always sit in the shadow of their cross down rivals and the Dodgers to me. Um, it really sucks because Otani, as that talked about in the last episode, he's been out of this world, could win the MVP, and they're just wasting it. But the thing, they do have no Mike Trout, which would really hurt, but just imagine Trout and Otani playing together for a full season. I don't really know if that's happened yet. I feel like they've both been injured at different times. Um, if they do, though, oh my god, I just can't wait for that. I, but there's the, the Angels will probably still find a way to miss the playoffs. Um, 19th, I have the Rockies. Enjoy Trevor Story while you can, Rockies fans. Um, 
likely going to demand a large contract in free agency, as he should. Um, and I think he'll just go to a team that much closer winning a World Series than the rebuilding Rockies. Um, so enjoy him while you can. They've they've played well though recently. They've gone seven and three in their last ten. They're out of the playoff race, so they probably won't. Uh, they need a miraculous comeback to even even think about it. But I'm not so. 18th, I have the Cleveland Indians. Um, probably a disappointing year for Cleveland fans. Um, they sit there, they're watching their team sit right around 500 right now. Not really any spoiler baseball to watch for them. They kind of don't have any opponents that they can hurt that they can hurt their playoff chances with. Um, so I think it's just sit back, watch rookie closer Emmanuel Chase hunt down AL rookie of the year for them. I, I just can't really think of anything else to watch for them. Uh, 17th, I have the Detroit Tigers. Good step in the right direction this year for the Tigers. They, they've they been rebuilding for a while. Um, they said they, they're six games. They were six games below 500 as of yesterday. Um, so they're definitely out of it. Um, but like, it's a nice step for them and it's promising to see. Um, I'd say watch for Miguel Cabrera chasing down 3,000 hits. That's the only thing they that's a thing to watch for as they close their season. Um, as of yesterday, he was 12 games left. He needed 21 hits. It's It will be tough, but it's possible. And he's one of the greatest generational hitters of, of his era. So, um, 16, I have the San Diego Padres. What the hell is up with San Diego? There's three and a half games back of a playoff spot as of yesterday. These are all my notes from yesterday, by the way. That's why I keep saying it. Um, the team is reeling bad. Their two superstar players in Machado and Tatis were down each other's throats, got caught on camera, and it was bad. It's just such a disappointing year for them. And they were supposed to be the team to dethrone the Dodgers. Like, they made all the moves, bulked up their rotation, had a great lineup already with Tatis and Machado headlining it. And it just really has not gone well for them this year. It got it off to a good start, and then second half, it's just gone to shits. Um, 15, 15th, I have the Mariners. Um, they're sitting four games out of a playoff spot as of, as of yesterday, but I think they won, so I think they're three back now. Um, so... It's going to be tough to come back because they got to jump over the A's, I think, still. They got to jump over the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, or the Yankees. What, like, you know, it's going to be tough. They they still got a shot, though. I wouldn't count them out. Um, 20 years, though, without the playoffs, it's crazy. Um, if they have any shot, though, they need to beat Oakland in one of these next two games they have today and tomorrow, I think. Um, could, could be tough, though, because Oakland's also in a playoff spot. They're battling. Um, or fight, but not, they're not in a playoff spot, but they're battling for one. Fourteenth, um, I have the Reds. They're sitting three games out. Um, so you think the Reds' chances of the playoffs seem just gone, right? But they play the Pirates in six of their last twelve games. So this is totally possible for them to snag a wild card uh, wild card spot. Like you would think, they're just dead in the water maybe but no i think they have a very good chance if they're playing the pirates in 6 of 12 um 13th i have the phillies uh they were really looking like they were done and it's just and it was really disappointing because ever since it got bryce harper 
in free agency. They were just hyped up. Oh, we're going to make the playoffs. We're World Series contenders again. And they haven't even made the playoffs yet. Um, and it kind of looked like they were going to – it was the same thing this year. And then now they've bounced back. They've won four of their last five. The Braves have been struggling recently. Um, they have two – they have two very easy opponents in the Oilers. Oilers. Huh? Orioles and Pirates coming up. And then they have a very critical one against against the Braves. That will could definitely decide the division. And then they cap it off against the Marlins. So postseason is total, not definitely not out of the question for them. Um, and like Harper's been having a great MVP here, maybe if he wins it. Um, I don't know. NL MVP race I haven't been really keeping up with. It's mostly been AL because the AL has been just that entertaining. Uh, coming in 12th, I have the Braves now. Don't mess this up, Atlanta. Don't be the choke artist like you've always been. Division is right there for you. You just have to hold on. Their their three game set with the Phillies next week will be critical in determining who's going to win that division. Like, just don't do an Atlanta thing. Don't bl- blow your twenty to three lead in the Super Bowl. Don't blow a three one lead or whatever. Like, oh, just no. Don't do it. Don't do it. Coming in eleventh, I have the Athletics. A wild card race is just more piled up because the Athletics have won five straight now. Well, that was yesterday. They lost now, but. Seven games remaining against the Mariners, so that those are will be very critical. Um, but the Mariners have had their number this year. Um, I think they've won nine of thirteen against them. I think it was as, as of yesterday. Um, so it will be a key factor in determining if they can jump over the Yankees and slash over the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. Um, but man, hell, wild card! You got the Athletics, you got the Mariners, you got the Blue Jays, you got the Yankees, you got the Red Sox. Five teams, two spots. It's so entertaining. Coming at tenth, I have their uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Um, very rough start to the year for the Cardinals. Um, but like recently, holy crap, they have been so hot. They've winners in nine of their last ten. Cardinals are trying to f- end off the uh, other wild card hopefuls for the, that playoff spot. Um, they finished their season with an easy opponent in the Cubs seven times and then they play the Brewers seven times so they go like do they go they either go Cubs first and the Brewers Cubs Brewers or they go Brewers Cubs Brewers Cubs like just not back to back but yeah um definitely doable for them though um in ninth I have the Yankees and man are the Yankees fumbling at the wrong time they said a game and a half back of Toronto now. That was yesterday. I think it's a half game back now. Um, and they lost with Garrett Cole on the mound on Sunday, which just does not happen very often. And it probably shouldn't happen because he's a Scion candidate. But it was his fault. So um, that series coming up against the Blue Jays, whew, it's going to be big. And it probably will de- determine the first or the second wild card spot. I believe they... St- They'll play the Red Sox as well, so. Um, coming in at 8th, I have the Red Sox. Yep, they do play each other. Yep, I wrote this in my next notes. Um, barely holding on to the top wild card spot from the Blue Jays. Um, they have a critical series against the Yankees coming up. That series will be huge in determining, okay, are they going to be the one seed, one... 
are they going to host home field in the wild card game? Are they going to go on the road for the wild card game? Or are they just going to fall out of it completely? Um, should be really entertaining that series, especially since it's Boston, New York. That's probably the best rivalry in baseball. Uh, coming in at seventh, I have the White Sox. White Sox have been on cruise control this whole year. Division's all but locked up. Their only focus is... They don't really have anything left to play for. They're, the, the only focus they might have is trying to chase down the Astros for the home field home field during the divisional round. Um, but other than that, they're they're just kind of on cruise control for the rest of the year, which might be a bad thing, but it could all be good. Uh, coming at six, I have the Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays are arguably the most entertaining team in baseball. I think everyone could argue for that. Um, they're clinging to the last wild card spot. I think half game up on the Yankees right now. Uh, red hot lately, though, besides yesterday when they lost. Um, they got to stay focused because they're playing the Rays right now, division leading. Yankees are coming up next week. Um, that Yeah, that Yankee series will be huge. That's just going to have so many playoff implications. It will be very entertaining. At fifth, I have the Houston Astros. Yeah, the cheating Astros, I know. Um, they're heading towards another division title, though, and I don't think they would be cheating this year. I don't be, yeah, no. Uh, they don't have a lot to worry about. The only the only thing they have really to left to play for is trying to track down Tampa for home field through at the AL. Um, but they're kind of they're kind of low. They're a couple games back of that, so it might be tough. Um, main focus probably should just be holding holding their ground above Chicago for home field in the divisional round. I would say. In fourth, I have the Rays. Rays have all but locked up the AL East and should be the team to beat in the AL this year, in my opinion, after representing the AL in the World Series last year. Probably should have won, but uh, Kevin Cash pulled to Blake Snell. Nice one. Um, they just need to keep going, though. Can't let Houston sneak up on them and take home field. That's all they got left to play for, really. Maybe spoil the Blue Jays here a little bit. I'm sure they might have a series against the Yankees, Red Sox too. Like coming into number three, I have the Milwaukee Brewers. They've been red hot recently, winning seven of the last ten. Um, they've been really hot all year. Their division is basically it's wrapped up for the most part. Nobody's going to catch them, and they're really not going anywhere in their standings. They're kind of locked in at number two. Um, they'd need a miracle to catch the Dodgers or the Giants, whoever wins that division. Um, so they're just preparing for their matchup, most likely against either the Braves or the Phillies in the divisional round. Coming in number two, it's all either Dodgers or Giants, two best teams. I have the Dodgers, actually, even though I think, I think they're better, but like, on paper, but the Giants have just performed better this year. You know, I'll get into it more. It's like, the Dodgers is just the most stacked team in baseball. And who really wants to face them in the playoffs? I I know if the Jays got there to the World Series against the Dodgers, and it was against the Dodgers, I would be scared shitless. Um, they're continuing to try and hunt down the Giants, who hold the one-game lead over them for the, um, for the best team in baseball in their division. And that, yeah, and number one, I have the Giants. Um, who would have thought the Giants would be the best team in baseball this year? I don't think anyone did. I know I didn't. Um, they're just holding off the Dodgers to avoid the winner go home wild card game. Um, 
It's a real shame, though, they both play in the same division because neither one of those teams should be playing in the wild card game, but yet one of them will be, and it really sucks about that. Um, but, man, I, I, that wild card game could be just an absolute blowout then if one of them gets there. They held, like, a, what, a 20-game lead over the wild card hopefuls, so I don't know. We'll just, it, anything can happen in a wild card game, I guess, but I don't know. We'll see. So, yeah, that's my MLB Power Rankings. Two weeks left to go. Probably will be another one coming up for the playoff teams in two weeks. Um, I'll probably do a bracket then, too, once the actual bracket comes out. So, now, I go on to the NHL offseason again. Um, I'm going to gr- go three winners, three losers of it. Um, I'm going to start with my winners, do all three of them, and then go through my losers. So, First winner, New Jersey Devils. Talked about them a lot on this podcast already. Um, they've majorly improved this offseason. They got the big fish on the market in Dougie Hamilton. Great pickup, I think, for them. Also picked up Ryan Graves from Colorado. From, uh, Colorado. Could be a really sneaky, good grab. Um, they got Jonathan Bernier in that. Um, that's a big boost. Um, him and Mackenzie Blackwood should form a nice 1A, 1B tandem in that. They got... Drafting lack, Ooh. drafting Jack, Jack. Oh my God! Uh, drafting Luke Hughes was a great move as it keeps Jack happy, and it potentially opens up the door to a Quinn move to New Jersey. Even though I would fucking hate that as a Canucks fan, um, this team is definitely the most improved I think in the NHL. But I still don't think. The They'll make the playoffs with how stacked their division is. I think they give them a year or two, and they'll be great. Um, but they're not ready quite yet, unless Jack Hughes takes his leap this year, and so does Nico Heischer. The rebuild has definitely been sped up, though, um, and that's a good thing for New Jersey fans. Uh, another second winner, I have Arizona. Normally, becoming one of the worst, like, the worst or the second worst, you could argue who's worse, Buffalo or Arizona. They both are, I think, will be historically bad this year. Um, normally, that doesn't make you a winner. But in this case, it really does. Arizona decided this year to take the OKC approach to this. They said, okay, we'll take on all your bad contracts and you give us draft picks with them. So... They took on Andrew Ladd from the Islanders. They took on Shane Gostisbehere from the Flyers. They took on the Canucks trio of Louis Erickson, Antoine Roussel, and Jay Beagle. And they got rid of Beckman Larson's horrid contract. And those for, what is it, seven years, six years still for Beckman Larson, whereas those three only have one year left. Questionable move by the Canucks. <laughs> Fire Jimbo. Um... In return, though, they got the ninth pick this year, turned into Dylan Gwenther. Great pick. I really wish the Canucks kept a lot of time. I do like the Garland-Ekman-Larsen deal. Ekman-Larsen, I think, can bounce back in Vancouver. Garland, I really like. But Dylan Gwenther was there at nine, which really hurts because he's the one guy, I think, in the draft that I wanted besides Luke Hughes. Um, and they got a whole lot of second-rounders. They got a bunch from the Islanders, a bunch from the Flyers. Um, coming up next year, they now have eight picks in the first two rounds. That is insane. Nobody gets eight picks in the first two rounds. They could really do some damage with those picks. Maybe trade trade a couple, get a player. I don't know if they will yet, but 
I don't think they're going to be good for a long, long time. I don't think anyone will. Um, but they're going to they're taking the OKC approach to the rebuild, and in return, I think it could make them very, very scary in the future. Um, just get them out of Arizona, though, please. Move them somewhere. They don't. Does Arizona doesn't deserve to have a team? They're getting kicked out of their arena. Like it's time. You got yeah. So last winner, not a team. Actually, might surprise people, but I'm choosing top four defensemen as the winners because if you're a high-end defenseman, you won this offseason. I don't think you couldn't have won. Everyone was getting overpaid, whether it was trade or free agency. I'm going to go through my trade, the trades that happened first. So first off, Seth Jones was massively overpaid for. They gave up, Chicago gave up two first, one being 12th overall and a good prospect in Adam Boquist. And, and a second round pick for a guy who was coming off a down year. He, Seth Jones hasn't been good in a, well, he's been, he was good. He's, it's Seth Jones, but he hasn't been to his elite form in a couple of years. I think it was like two years ago he was elite. Um, I just, it wasn't that great of a deal. Flyers, they wanted to upgrade their defense. They did in getting Rasmus Ristolainen, I would say. But they gave up the 14th pick, Robert Haig, and a second rounder for Ristolainen. Massive overpay. Based on, if you look at his analytics, he is horrible. I I think it's a good upgrade. It makes him better, the Flyers. But just horrible overpay for Ristolainen. And then the Canucks gave up a, the ninth pick in a deal that landed them Oliver ekman Larson. Now, the Canucks weren't trading the ninth pick for ekman Larson. I think the ninth pick was more, okay, we'll take Garland. The Canucks took ekman Larson in exchange for, like, Roussel, Beagle, Erickson. And the ninth pick was more of a for Connor Garland. Um, but you still, I don't think you give up. Like, I don't think you give up the ninth pick in a deal for Ekman Larson. That's that's the thing that question that sussed me out. Um now to the contracts. Um Seth Jones got paid for nine point five million over eight years by Chicago after the trade. A couple of years ago I'd say he's worth that money. Now? I don't think so. No. I don't think he's worth nine point five. That was an overpay. Zach Wierenski got a deal that averages, I think it was 9.58 per season. It might be a bit much, I would say. But he is younger than Jones, and he could actually t- develop. Not really develop, but he's already really good. But I think he could reach that ceiling of the 9.58 and actually be worth his contract. Um, and it'll take him into 32, age 31, age 32, I think. Um, so, not bad, not bad. Um, he's younger, yeah, he's younger than Jones, could, he capitalized on the market while he could, good, it was good by his camp and him to get that. Kel McCarr got an AAV of, uh, 9 million, which is way too cheap based on what everyone's getting. If everyone else was getting this much money, I think Kel McCarr should be worth like 10, 10 and a half, <laughs> and he got 9. What a steal for Colorado, I think. They got McKinnon locked up for six mil. McCarr locked up for nine. You got two guys under what they're getting paid. It's crazy to me. Um, Miro Heiskin got a deal that's going to pay him $8.45 million per year, which absolute steal based on what everyone was gotten. 
Miro Heiskanen, I think, could be the best defender. Like, there's always the talk. Who's the best defender? Who's the better defender? Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, Miro Heiskanen? Right now, it's probably McCarr. I, after Quinn's season last year. Um, but, like, I think Heiskanen has the chance, a very good shot of developing into the, into the best player out of those three. Um, he is an absolute beast. Um, Quinn Hughes hasn't even gotten signed yet, and he's most likely going to get overpaid um, just because of, and I think he's just, his agent is trying to use these bad, bad contracts, even though it has a base mark for it. Um, hopefully, a, I well, I really hope bridge deal, um, but I feel like there's a chance he's going to get 8.8. 8, not 8.8, 8 by 8. Um, and then there's Darnell Nurse. Ken Holland gave this guy 8 years for $9.25 million. There is no way in hell that Darnell Nurse is worth $9.25 million. I have hated this deal ever since it got signed. Leon Dreisaitl is a top 5 player in the NHL. And he doesn't even make as much money as Darnell Nurse. That's so brutal. There's been, uh, there's, there's even more contracts too to go over. I kind of just tried to shorten it up a little bit. Uh, who was it on the Islanders? Uh, Adam Pollock got paid that much, I believe. Um. I don't know. Somebody somebody on the Islanders got paid. I forget who. That's actually kind of embarrassing on my part. But I know somebody did. They That was a really good contract they gave to him, though. I can't... Fuck. Why can't I remember who this is? I'm going to search this up. Hold on. Yeah, it was Adam Pellick, not Ryan Pollock. Adam Pellick got paid for eight years, $5.75 million. Great contract. He's... Very good defensively. One of the best shutdown D-men in the NHL. Great pickup, I would say. Um, But yeah, back to the Oilers. Nurse getting 9.25. And Ken Holland actually giving that. It's going to lead me into my first loser. The Edmonton Oilers. Oh. Really need Carter on to talk about this, but Ken Holland has officially patched Jim Benning as the worst GM in the hockey this offseason. And that's saying something because Jim Benning has made some brutally bad mistakes. Made their team better, maybe, yes. But I still think they're a first or second round exit. I I I would say first round exit. Um if they get the second round, I could I wouldn't be mad at myself, but like I think they're a first round exit. Don't need to explain my hatred over the nurse contract again. Um, he gave a 28-year-old Zach Hyman seven years worth $5.5 million. You're giving a 28-year-old seven years who's not like a proven elite player. He played with Matthews and Marner last year. You're getting him taking into you're taking him to his 35 year year old season. And you're paying him 5.5. This contract, to me, is going to be turned into a nightmare. I think it could be on the buy-up level once he hits 32. I think it's just a cap nightmare for the Oilers in a couple years. He lost their best defender in Adam Larson. 
and I think Adam Larson signed for four million, four million in uh, in Seattle after he got um, unprotected and signed with them, or got chosen by them, and then he signed for four million. How do you not pay Adam Larson four million? The guy is so good analytically on in defense on the defensive end. Don't know how you let him go, but you did. And just to replace him, you decided you you were going to get Cody Cece as your Adam Larson replacement. Like, why? Cody Cece can't play defense for shit. And they re-signed Tyson Berry, too. He's awful at defense. Like, no, it's such a bad decision to let Larson walk. They have one of the worst defensive groups in the in the entire NHL. I, think, I, I would say Vancouver's probably worse, but, like, I think Vancouver's makes up for it because they have Thatcher Demko in it and Yaroslav Hlak. Meanwhile, the Oilers have a 39-year-old Mike Smith and fucking Miko Koskinen, who is maybe the worst goalie in the NHL to me. This team is going to get torched for goals next year, I think, but they still have McDavid and Drysaddle, so that's going to make up for it a lot. I will say they did improve their depth at forward this year. They got Warren Fogle. They got Hyman. They they look better now, and I think they might be able to. Their bottom line, third and second and third lines might be actually able to score now. But they're going to give up so many goals, and it's not even going to matter. I think they're a first round exit. They were got swept last year and minimally improved. I would say, I maybe give them six games before they get eliminated. Number two, loser, Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, they're kind of a reoccurring topic on this podcast, but um, Don Waddell had a brutally bad offseason for a team that could have contended for a Stanley Cup this next year. They've been, they're young, they're exciting, they've been hyped up to win a cup for coming up, but I don't think they're going to do it this year. Um, he decided not to pay Alex Nedeljkovic $3 million, I think it, it might have been like 3.5 he was asking. They only wanted three. So they're just like, all right, you're out of here. Shipped him off to Detroit in return for the rights to penning UFA Jonathan Bernier. Nadelkovic was third in rookie of the year voting, and di- and you didn't want to pay him $3 million. Just get that through your head. Why? He was great last year for them. And then they couldn't even sign Bernier before free agency, and he left for the New Jersey Devils once it free agency hit. Like, What? <laughs> When, when you trade for a player's rights, you usually sign them. And they didn't sign them, so they literally traded Nadelkovic for basically nothing. Speaking of New Jersey, I mentioned it a lot, but they took your best D-man and Dougie Hamilton from you. And you decided to replace him with Tony D'Angelo? Yeah, maybe the offensive production could be better, but Tony D'Angelo is a locker room cancer. Um... And he's, it's just such a bad, idea. like, Dougie Hamilton's elite, and you wouldn't, oh, gotta get into this before I say this next part. Um, then you decide you want to be petty and offer sheet a third-line center, $6.1 million in Yesberry Cock and Yummy, just to troll the team who offer sheeted your best player two years ago. It was very funny when it happened, don't get me wrong, but... It just turned out very badly for them when Montreal wisely did not match it. Um, Cock and Yummy at $6.1 million. It's bad. He's a third or fourth liner. And you could have spent that money 
that said money on re-signing, I don't know, re-signing Dougie maybe, re- even Nadelkovich is there. This team might not, their division is so good next year, this team might not even be good, like, be in the playoffs when I do my season prediction um, coming up in a couple episodes. Like, they really might not. I, I am having a hard time believing they will be there based on how good their division is. Lastly, I'm going to have put the Vegas Golden Knights in here. Um, I've really been a strong supporter of this. I've said it before. I'll say it again. People can vouch for me, I, I believe. Vegas will not win a Stanley Cup until they acquire an elite centerman. I've said, like, I've said it multiple times. They will not. Jack Eichel was sitting there all offseason. They were interested, but they wouldn't do it because... Buffalo wanted Peyton Krebs. Sure, if Peyton Krebs is good, go like, yeah, maybe you don't want to trade him, but it's Jack frickin' Eichel. The guy's a generational talent, you could argue. Franchise player. Might be a cancer, but, uh, but I don't know. It's Jack Eichel. He's, he's an elite centerman who's a legit number one. What's... Ki- Vegas has been killed in the pa- in the past two playoffs. Because their forwards have not been able to score when they mattered most. Back in the bubble season, they got Demko'd in round two against Vancouver. Even though they still won, Demko was absurd in the three games he played. And because of that, it carried on to their confidence got shaken. And it carried on to the next round against Dallas. They couldn't score again. So they got sent home in the West Finals. I believe it was five games. Then we move on to just this last uh, postseason. And they found Carey Price in the conference finals. And you couldn't score on them. And you were sent home again. Their forwards could not score. They were getting almost more goals from their defense. I believe it was. Their big guys go up up front. Just go so cold in the playoffs. And you cannot have that if you want to win a Stanley Cup. You, they got to be firing on all cylinders to win. Um, Even if there is like one of your guys slumping. You would expect that somebody else is going. But. There just isn't for Vegas. And the worst move of the entire offseason for Vegas, you traded Marc-Andre Fleury, the winning Vezna Trophy winner, for literally nothing. And I'm not even kidding. You traded him for nothing. I get if you want to move him because he makes $7 million and has one year left. If you want to make cap room and they were trying to go for Eichel, yeah, sure, go for it. But you don't ship him out for an AHL prospect. Like... Flurry's worth so much more to that than me. It, it, like, there's no way they just nobody wanted, didn't want Flurry. Oh, and that AHL prospect, yeah, you terminated it, terminated his contract. So they literally, it was legit for nothing. You traded Flurry to Chicago for nothing. The reigning Vesna Trophy winner. Like that's that's such a disrespectful thing to do to your franchise player. He was the face of the franchise ever since he got there from the expansion draft, and. I really do feel bad for him. As much as I hate Chicago, I am really hoping for a good year from Flurry, just so he can give big fuck you to Vegas and their management. Like, oh my. Vegas is still going to win the Pacific Division to me. I, I Based on how weak it is, um, there's not really any clear-cut playoff teams there um, besides Vegas, I would say. There's always there's question marks around every other team. There's question marks around Vegas, but Vegas has such star power, I think, to just get there. Um, 
I really don't see them going any farther than the third round again this year unless they get some help and they uh, forward. They need before the deadline. They need to go acquire a big name, like winger or center again, who can put the puck in the net for them, because that's just gonna kill them again, in my opinion. Um. So yeah, that was my three winners, three losers. That's gonna wrap up this episode, I believe. Um. Keep giving me some topics that you want me to discuss, cause uh, I want to hear what you guys want me to talk about. Just DM or comment at Live for Sports Pod on Instagram. Um, yeah, so I think that's gonna wrap it up. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.